0: Picture the scene. 27 miners are trapped underground after an explosion, and critical and cumbersome equipment is required to save the miners. The only access is on a melting ice road that will take the bravest of drivers to reach the mine. What can we learn from this fictional scenario? And what does this have to do with the leadership conundrum? I am Karen. And I am Noola. And we are the Safety Collaborators. Consider
1: us your thinking partners, sharing expertise and wisdom in all aspects of
0: safety culture, physical, emotional and psychological well-being. And our mission is to help people have better conversations and change the way they think about safety. Where does this scenario
1: come from? Well, I was on a long-haul flight watching a movie called The Ice Road. I was actually only watching it because I really like Liam Neeson as an actor. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and as I was watching <laughs> watching this movie, I paused and I grabbed my phone because it triggered so many questions around leadership around safety that I was like I have to take some notes. I have to to capture this while I'm in the moment. And hmm. I mean it's been a while since I made all of those notes and just thought after our CIQ series where we really looked at conversational intelligence and in an, the episode with David, it just triggered, well, let's delve more into what is leadership, what is safety leadership and how might a conversation around this be valuable for everyone working in high hazard industries. And let's have a conversation that matters around the leadership conundrum and what does that mm-hmm. look like. So today's episode is going to explore how leadership decisions can impact real-world scenarios. We can learn a lot from stories, and thank goodness that we don't always have to learn from real-life experience. Sadly, that's often where we get called in is when real-life experience has gone wrong. So let's try and unravel that, that we can learn before that. So, join us as we unravel the complexities of leadership in high risk industries and how does that influence the system? How does it influence safety culture and how does it impact profitability?
0: So, this will probably become a series around leadership. Last week's episode with David was a really lovely introduction to that. So, we thought we'd start with this great bit of insight and we will attempt to answer the following five questions. However, It may become a couple of episodes. Listen to the end to see how far we get, because we tend to kind of chat about this stuff. Let me share with you the five questions. So the first one is, how do leadership actions and decisions affect safety culture in high-risk industries? Number two, how do we balance profitability and safety? How can leaders communicate a commitment to safety without compromising profits? Three, What challenges arise when leadership messages are misinterpreted by the workforce, particularly concerning safety? Four, leadership accountability. How can you share stories of leaders who took ownership when accidents or incidents occurred under their leadership? How did they respond? And the art of pondering. One of my favourite words, our favourite words, really. We love to ponder and it's an important skill. So how can leaders incorporate pondering into their decision-making process that benefits others? And what does it bring to the safety culture of their organizations? And particularly in emergency situations, mm. you know, how do we really take a step back? Because it's very easy to suddenly make rash decisions, not great decisions, but you really need to step back. And sometimes the outer pondering might help in the most critical of moments.
1: One of the things we often say is,
0: how do we slow down to speed up? Absolutely. So let's dive into the first question. How do leadership actions and decisions affect safety culture in high-risk industries? Big question. Big question.
1: Because it's quite a chunk to take. And, you know, there's great responsibility that comes with the title of leadership or leader and there's often that drive in that I want to become the supervisor I want to become the leader I want to grow into this mm. because I've learned more I have more authority I have you know more decision making but I think often we're not conscious of just the responsibility that comes with that and how we influence everything in the organization that happens around us and that's right from the ceo the board of directors in in larger organizations through to the supervisor on site and it's how the day to day decisions the day to day Actions, how our values are being interpreted or being lived in what we do that
0: shape the safety culture
1: in the organization.
0: You know, I think you said something really important then, and just the power of even the shareholders mm-hmm. on the decisions that drive what happens and when it happens. That communication process is influenced right from that level. It's a challenge for CEOs, I think. It's challenging for senior leadership of an organisation to sometimes, I'm going to say, do the right thing (laughs) by the person, you know, further down the line. Exactly. I think that's a fair statement. So it was a
1: conversation that we were having when you introduced me to Drummond, who is part of Mm. your board on the Alternative Board, Mm. and where he was sharing the example where... I think it was in two different scenarios where it was a very, very massive fine for incidents that had happened in, in an organization. I think it was over a billion pounds fine or imprisonment mm. of the CEO because of what had happened. Mm. And the shareholders paid out the fine and we were like, well, you know, profit over, over what's right. Exactly. I mean, that's a harsh statement. It is a very harsh statement because if you had to ask any single one of those people involved, they would have gone, absolutely not. That was not the driver. But we have to sometimes ask the incredibly hard, tough questions and say, actually, and I'm going to just be a, use a complete blunt expression here, but mm. what has you by the balls? Is it profit or is it doing the right thing? Because we often say that we are doing the right thing. But but when we are doing things that we're saying go out there, do things right, we're saying go out, do things safely, but then we're promoting bonuses for LTI-free days. We're promoting bonuses for, you know, who got the biggest margin, but not really questioning, well, where did that biggest margin come from? Mm. Did it come from... Shortcuts Did it come from going for the cheaper supplier? Did it come from using the cheaper shipping yard? Mm. And then what is the, the consequence of that along the line? What happens when something goes really wrong? And we go, do we really delve into the actual root cause or do we delve into the easy root cause because it suits our narrative and our story? So do we actually go, you know what, if we really, really are honest with ourselves, we lost a life because we made a financial decision eight months ago, 24 months ago, that lost a life today. Mm. Mm. Or do we go, Mm. no, it was the workers' responsibility because, you know, they didn't stand up for safety and say, I didn't feel safe in the moment.
0: If that last scenario, if the second scenario was the thing, why didn't they stand up? Which takes us full circle back to the beginning, which is if a worker isn't standing up, and as I was listening to you, I was envisioning that worker at the forefront, well, you know, this is what I'm being told to do. And if you then bring in different cultural aspects to this, so it gets even more complex. Mm -hmm. But where's the psychological safety? Mm -hmm. We talk about it, you know, and there's a lot of chit-chat about that at the moment. It's very important. But at the end of the day, if someone realises or if the message is, we need to get this job done at all cost, then the worker is not going to put up their hand and say, sorry, I disagree, because they've got a family to feed. They've got to just get to tomorrow. Whereas the larger organisations, they have other commitments and other challenges. And I do think it's challenging for every layer. I really do. It's tough and it's like, yeah. where where does it lie?
1: And I think when we, when we talk about, when you ask the worker, You know, why didn't you stand up in that moment? Mm -hmm. And we can often say as well, because it might be, well, I was told. And I think we need to explore that a little bit more. What does being told look like, feel like experience? Because it's often not a verbal, I'm telling you to do something unsafe. Oh, no,
0: absolutely yeah, and exactly. I think I'm going on a woo squirrel unwritten moment. So, you know, we are, but we're going down unwritten rules territory here, which is absolutely fine. Well, because the question was big, how does leadership actions and decisions affect safety culture right, in high-risk industries? All of this is important. Yeah. So if an individual won't stand up to say, no, this isn't safe, no, I don't want to do this, well, where is that coming from? Mm. That's coming from further up the food chain. And often not intentionally. I think that is really critical. It's not that
1: we are intentionally encouraging people to do things wrong. Agree. But we don't take those ponder moments and go, Mm. well, what could go wrong? Because when we come up with ideas, and I think we've said it before, Mm. we come up with ideas and we think these ideas are great. And we don't want to, Mm. you know, I'm a little miss optimism and positivity here. You know, I always look for the bright side in everything. (laughs) And I have to sometimes really challenge myself to put on the hat of what could go wrong. You know, what might this impact that I don't want it to do? So Mm. am I doing things where I'm saying, go out there and be safe, but my bottom line or my statistics or my monthly report that i expect my on-site you know leaders to do is actually driving a different behavior and when it comes down to the individual they would rather feel this is going to be such another controversial statement i think i'm just they're all pouring out my brain today they would rather feel included in the team mm-hmm. Because things have been done that way or it seems like the right decision in the moment that they would rather be included in the team than be ostracised as the person who delays the project or delays the moment or Mm. is just like pussyfooting around because, you know, come on, like be a little bit braver or just, oh, do we really have to take a five here?
0: The challenge that leadership has, of course, their actions and their decisions, we're really talking about safety versus production or profitability in this, is how do we help every layer of leadership understand and not confuse the messaging that it's not this or that. It needs to be this and that, and that includes the shareholders. Mm -hmm. How do we get them to see that safety and profitability is about an and conversation, not an or conversation? How do we get parity? There will always be a little bit of pendulum. But what you're looking for is small swings, not these big, massive swings. If all of a sudden all the focus is on like, hey, we've got this well or mine or whatever it is that we're working at, we, we've got a deadline to meet and we've got to get to here and we've got to mm-hmm. achieve these goals and these outcomes because there's some other consequences with this. And there's many, many examples, whether it's Challenger, you know, for those who know the Space Shuttle Challenger issue that came into play, this fictional movie that came into play. It's not about damaging, every, forgetting about everything else that has to happen. So it's let's not have massive pendulum swings, Yep. but rather small ones. There are definitely days where, okay, we've got to get the job done, but not at the risk of harm. Whether it be the environment, people, or profit, actually. Yep. So all of them are important equally. They are. Yeah. And we do speak about this
1: so often is around taking the time to consider the what-ifs. What could go wrong? How does this potential improvement become a disimprovement. And mm. we don't need to go into that here because we really dove into mm. that in episode 33 when we looked at the the Cobra effect and unintended consequences. So if you missed that, mm. go back and take a listen because it really does dive into when does an improvement become a disimprovement. But it's... Mm. Such an important conversation because we don't want to be having to learn through real world consequences. Well, negative real world consequences. We would rather be learning from positive, real world consequences and being able to rather say. I was about to say we want to talk about success. You know, as a team, let's go and watch the ice road mm. and ask ourselves while you're watching this, what can we learn exactly as a team? You know, have it as a team building exercise. Mm. You're like, come on, we're going to put it on in the cinema. Mm. We're going to say, How does this relate to where we're at? And what are we doing that we're doing really well? And what are the real life leadership challenges that we are dealing with at the moment? What does it highlight for us? And how can we have that discussion? Because, yeah.
0: I think the thing is, I think that movie needs to be shown in the boardroom as well, not just. On the- with you, actually, that's a, that's probably the better starting point. Oh, there we go. There's
1: there's the opening to a leadership retreat. Oh my word! Yeah. Oh no! Okay, it helps us question our context because our organisational context influences yeah. our behaviour. The way our system Correct. is set up drives our outcomes and. When we're not achieving the outcomes we want, maybe we need to take a step back and question our systems. Feel free to connect with us on our website, safetycollaborations.com, where you'll find the show notes for this podcast, as well as our past episodes and many other resources. Now, back to the podcast.
0: Through our research and learning and through the five principles of human performance and the like, systems are built For perfection. So we think our system's the right system, Mm -hmm. but human beings will override the system because we're not perfect and we have emotions and we have psychological needs and we have fundamental physical needs. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the systems drive the outcomes, but our behaviour around them also drives the outcomes. So if we've got starting at the top, we've got the need for profitability or there's some other story that nobody else even knows about because there might be a sale pending or who knows what's going on. That will drive what happens the next layer down. How does that message then go from the top layer to the next layer, and I don't care whether your organization's flat or hierarchical or whatever it is, you know, there is always some form of communication layers, mm-hmm. and that's really, I think, what we're talking about here. How do you get the right message? And I'll step back a bit here because I think sometimes the message that's at one layer isn't necessarily what they mean when it gets to the third or fourth layer away. No, because the flow changes. It changes. There's a misunderstanding. There's a different interpretation. Mm -hmm. How people interpret what is going on in the layers above or the layers below or to the side, whichever way you want to look at it.
1: So often head office, wherever head office may be, believe that they are sending out this positive reinforcing message But the interpretation on site is actually if we want to be able to look good, to be able to get our bonuses at the end of the the year or whatever the case is, how do we make that happen? So what do we need to Mm. cut down on? Where can we save money? Mm. What do we need to not report on to look good? Mm. It opens that other can of worms of oh, we'll just keep this we'll keep this on site. Nobody else needs to know about it. We'll just fix it. And mm. that could lead to, you, you know what? We're not going to have the gas monitoring systems operating correctly because it costs money. So we're going to just switch that off for now because it's easier. Yeah. And we all want our bonus. Exactly. And what that looks like to people sitting up in the head office is that, oh, my gosh, this balance between profitability and safety is amazing. Guys on site are doing exactly what we expect them to do. Leadership visit goes to site and everybody's buffed and polished and it all looks brilliant on the surface. But because people on site believe that they are honestly doing their best and making the best decisions in that moment, Mm. they don't feel that they're doing anything wrong. You know, and I think that's a big thing is that we don't mm. we don't want to go out and not do the best thing, but we don't realize kind of like where that that slippery slope comes from. And then on the other side, mm. there was a, a really lovely example with one of our clients, and mm. people on site were so frustrated because they felt that the finance team were making. Decisions that were actually putting them at risk, and it was quite a clash. And then there was an opportunity for the entire operational office team to be able to come and actually visit the site and see what was happening and how things worked. And I was walking with one of the the finance team, and they just stood in the red zone on the rig floor during their tour and went, "I never imagined just how much risk people are being put at working in this environment." and I actually feel quite ill that I have fought back so often to say, but why do you need the more expensive piece of equipment? Why do you need the more expensive Mm. part? Because my job is to guide profitability in the business. And I've now realized that by shortchanging and allowing our clients to bully the finance team into making cheaper decisions, how much risk I am potentially putting somebody
0: else at. And that stops today. Yeah. And that's an amazing outcome from a what? A one-day visit to make all the difference in the world. I think you just touched on a really important point that sometimes the decisions that we make or that our leaders make for our operation is driven by a client. One of my favorite saying mothers have a lot to answer for. I think clients have a lot to answer for as well. (laughs) (laughs) We've touched on Three of the questions today, and uh, we're probably mostly focused on one and two. So one being, how do leadership actions affect safety culture in high-risk industries? And we recommend you go and watch the ice road wherever you can. What insights can you draw from other scenarios, from other stories? And how do you apply them to the real-life challenge of leading these decisions? And then we moved quite a bit more into balancing profitability and safety. How do we reach parity? How can leaders communicate a commitment to safety without compromising profit? And it really is a balancing game. Some days it will be a little bit this way and a little bit that way. Mm -hmm. But we're looking for the little bit, not the big bits. Because when we go big that's when tragedy can strike. Exactly. And it doesn't happen overnight. These are small incremental decisions that are made over time, sometimes big decisions, effective messaging, thinking about risk management, how do leaders navigate that delegate balance between profitability and safety risk assessments. Have the finance team come and visit the work site. Let them experience a little bit this stuff. And what role do employees play in all of this? I think that's really important. It's not a one-sided deal. Mm -mm. But we also have to create the safe space and environment and the psychological safety to allow employees to speak up and to help maintain safety and profitability. And be involved in the decision-making process. Absolutely. Wherever it's applicable and appropriate.
1: Well, yes. What did one of my, one of the guys I used to work with many years ago, he said, oh, I'm a democratic leader. I hear everyone's opinions and I still make the decision. (laughs) But he did take everyone's opinions into account. But somebody has to still make a decision at the end of the day. Absolutely. Part of that responsibility of being a leader.
0: We touched a little bit on the challenges with leadership messaging when messages are misinterpreted, but I think we'll come back to that because this is as far as we're going to get in this episode as (laughs) we enter that. So we'll come back to the next episode. We'll look at what challenges arise when leadership messages are misinterpreted by the workforce, uh, particularly concerning safety. And then we'll go into leadership accountability and the art of pondering and how that can help.
1: So today we've delved into the start of the leadership conundrum and the critical role that leaders play in shaping safety culture. And as we've mentioned at the beginning, well, we didn't quite get to those five questions, but they are big questions that need time to consider. So start considering them with these ones and think about how do you get to make a difference? and. How do you communicate to bring that balance between safety and profitability in your organization? And if you've been inspired so far, you can always reach out to us at hello at safetycollaborations.com and stay tuned for the next episode where we dive into the next questions. We are here to help you unlock your wisdom and potential through our coaching conversations
0: and these conversations that matter. Thank you for joining us today. Always lovely to have those conversations that matter please help us spread the word. We love that you're listening to us. We know that our audience is growing. We're getting lots of lovely feedback and we really appreciate it. And more importantly, it means that what we're doing here and our energy here is helping others. And that's really what this podcast was all about. That's what it was meant to do. So please do share this. Follow us on our company page on LinkedIn. And of course, if you enjoy this podcast, follow us subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform until next week stay safe and stay well